let's let's gavel this to order then. Um, um, Lala and and Aaron, um, I'm really grateful for you both joining me here, and I just want to set some context here. I know Aaron. I've known Aaron now for probably I don't know what eight years. Something. Something like that. And we've been on tour with So Percussion, the group that I'm in, and we did we did a collab that has recently come out. Um, but the two of you and uh, with Buke and Gase have, have collaborated on an album. And I was sent a list of stuff to listen to from, from Alec about you, Lala. And I went in. I, have, I had no idea who you were before I started digging in. So I'm saying that only to sort of put forth my ignorance of your body of work other than what Alec has sent me. But mm-hmm. I want to sort of talk today um, a little bit about what the two of you have collaborated on. But first, I want to sort of... Um, Lala, can you, would you mind just giving me sort of the like nickel and dime tour of like what brought you to doing what you do for a living and then what bumped you into Aaron and Aaron from the Bukes and the Gays? Um, so um, I've been doing music my whole life. Um, I've been like, I was in the band, like jet, like a marching band and stuff. I played saxophone when I was younger. Um, and then when I was in, um, like my freshman year of high school, I was in a cover band called Shades of Amber and we used to do like, um, like covers of like alternative rock songs and stuff. And I was, you know, the front girl. So, um, sorry, sorry, Lala, you're killing it. I already have a million questions after the first sentence you just said, like, where, where did you go to high school? Um, so I grew up in, um, I grew up on the Jersey shore. Uh I'm from Asbury Park originally. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and I went to the high school was called High Technology High School. Okay. So I went there um, for a while. That's where I met my bandmates and stuff. Um, and then I graduated from Neptune High School, which is um, another like high school on the Jersey Shore. When you say you joined a cover band playing alternative rock tunes, as someone who grew up in the alternative rock era, like mm-hmm. what 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 does that mean to you? Like what were you what tunes we were, were you like, We were singing like we would cover like Incubus, um, Fuel. Um, what else were we doing at, at that time? Bush. Um, it's a bunch of stuff. Like all that, that whole era of like, um, like that, like angsty, like older, like early twenties, kind of like rock music, Google dolls, that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so that was what we were doing. I was like 14. Um, so <laughs> that was the man, Alanis, um, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> You remember the Atlantis? <laughs> I mean, all of these, all of the, I don't know about you, Aaron, but all of these things are absolutely everything. Everything you just said, there was a huge bell going off in my head. Every band you named, I was like, oh my God, I was in Ohio growing up listening to the same stuff. You know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I did that. Um, I've always really been into like, like, so like, I love hip hop music. I've always loved hip hop music my whole life. Like, that is like, I was born into a very much like hip hop um, like family, but also a very eclectic family at the same time. Like my mom listened to a lot of like Annie Lennox, she listened to the Cranberries and all mm. those kinds of things as well. So I had a very well-rounded understanding of music from an early age on. So I've always been interested in like combining my favorite elements of all those kinds of music. So when I like now fast forward, um, like I started rapping, like in high school as well, like around like 11th grade or so, 10th or 11th grade. And I used to do little freestyle battles with everybody in school. Um, and so that's how I kind of like realized I could rap, but I didn't start taking it serious until I got into college. And I was like a 
I was studying English literature, like, you know, at school. And I was like, mm. you know, getting into, you know, sharpening my writing and stuff. And I started playing with writing music um, and writing songs. Um, and so that's how that kind of like came about. And everybody was always telling me like, you're really good, you're really good, you're really good. And I was like, I don't think I could do this as a career though. Like, you know, it's just, you know, fun. Um, but I actually was dating this guy and he was a really like extreme, like hip hop purist. Um, and he was like very like snobby about rap and stuff. And one day we were all hanging out with some of our friends and I, um, you know, I was rapping or whatever. And um, at the end of it, like everybody was so impressed, but he was kind of just sitting there like, mm, you know, that was cool. And so later on when we got home, I was like, what did you really think about, you know, what I was doing? And he was like, it was all right. He was like, I mean, it was good. He was like, but you know who we listen to and the types of artists that we're into. And he was like, and if I'm being honest, you know, I think you can go, you can do better um, kind of thing. And I was like, okay. And it really stung at the moment. Um, but I was just like, all right. And um, so after we broke up, I kind of like made this point in my head to be like as good as I could be like at rapping. So he kind of like spearheaded that. And I was like, I want to do this seriously. And I'm going to make him know that I am the one to be, you know, reckoned with. So, um, yeah, that's what that's how that journey became. And then I started recording in Harlem with um, another old flame of mine. I would like record at his studio in his house in Harlem. Um, and then next, you know, I started like like reaching out to different like promoters and people who were doing like parties at dive bars and stuff in the city. Mm-hmm. And I started doing little shows there. And then I started building a smaller like a, a little fan base, a little cult following. Um, and people started fucking with me. And, and they're like, okay, we're ready for you. Like for real for real as an artist so Mm. that's how that happened like that's how i became like a career rapper um the way that aaron and i met um or the aarons and i met actually um thank you we do that too in so percussion we just i just call them the aarons like it's too yeah i call them i call them i call them uh uh she aaron and he aaron (laughs) (laughs) girl aaron or boy aaron um but yeah so basically my manager Terrence, who works really closely with Grassland, he has an artist who's mm-hmm. also on Grassland, um, Fusilier. Um, you know, he was like, you know, telling me about them and like their music and stuff. And I've always been, like I said, I love, like I love alternative music and I love experimental, like pop and rock and all those kinds of things. So I was like immediately impressed with them when I heard their work. Um, and then he was like, oh, they're having a show. They need somebody to open. I think you would be a good fit. Da, 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 da. I was at Mercury Lounge. This was like 2018. Um, we met. We had great chemistry. The show went really excellent. Um, and then we decided that we were definitely going to work together. Um, and so they came over to my house one day um, in the summer of 2019. Or was it the winter? I don't even remember. But it was 2019. Yeah, it was cold. It was cold, right? Yeah, okay. It was, But it was like, like March-ish or February-ish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So early 2019. They come over to my house, to my living room where I am right now. Um, they bring their stuff and we set up and we kind of just like, they're like, let, let me play some stuff for you. See what you can like vibe with or whatever. And it was those two records um, that really were born out of this. So, yeah. Well, let me let me ask you real quick, Aaron. And before Aaron, we I, I turn the mic over to you. I just had another follow up to, to one of the stories you were telling, Lala, about um, your boyfriend, your ex-boyfriend at the time sort of being a little bit like, I don't know, you can do better. What? What was it specifically? And, and if it's too personal, please just say like, no, 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 that's too personal. But like, Ooh. what was it specifically that you then turned around to be like, what is it that I need to do better? And the only reason I'm asking this question is because I've, I've hung a lot with 
this beatboxer Shodake Talaferro, and he sort of like laid out for me the history of beatboxing and like from you know everything from DJ Jazzy Jeff to uh, to Biz Marquee to like this whole lineage to the Grandmaster Funk and the Furious Five, like all of these these folks that I kind of peripherally knew of. But you mentioned that you were you were studying English lit too at the time. Like was what was what was the particular rub that he had with your pr- approach to rapping that well i was a i'm a writer um am i am i muted no 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 you're good you're good okay um so i've always like i'm a writer i'm an essayist uh, mm-hmm. fiction writer screenwriter all those kinds of things so i felt like it was like he was he was challenging my pen you know, like I felt like my pen was being called into question and I was like, I am a really good writer, but I also do understand like what really good hip hop is. Mm. And although everybody was impressed with my stuff, he was the one that I knew. I was like, if he doesn't think that it's good, it's not going to, it's not good. I see. You know what I'm saying? I was like, so everybody else is like, oh, this is great because they're just wild by this. But I know what I listen to and what he listens to. And he was like, no, you need to be trying to be on this level. Like if you are going to, if you're going to make hip hop music and enter this genre and become a part of this legacy, mm-hmm. then you need to be contributing to this legacy in the way that these artists have done in the past. Um, and so that was the way I internalized it. Um, and I sat with it for a while because you know, I'm a tourist. So at first tourists were like, what the fuck, who are you talking to? Like, what do you mean? Don't try to tell me what I can and can't do about my stuff. But I'm also really critical. So I was like, hmm. I was like, maybe he has a point, you know? Um, and I started to really like just, I, I just really focused on sharpening my skills over the next few years. So it was it was his um, his firm understanding of the genre and what, you know, he considered to be good and also what I considered to be good that made me realize like, yeah, what you've been doing all this time is actually subpar. It's actually not like, you know, mm. fantastic. I want it to be fantastic. You know what I'm saying? And so that's yeah, totally. Totally. I appreciate that answer very much. Um, I mean, and, and Aaron, I think to bounce off of that for you as a writer of lyrics and um, a singer of some sort of narrative of some sort when you're singing a song, whether it be abstracted or on the on the nose, like what for you has been like, is there anything particular for you in, in your writing journey that that was there a moment for you that's similar to what Lala is expressing where somebody came in and is like, I think you can just be a scotch better if you just thought about these three things. Like what for you as a writer, um, is there anything like that that's come up for you? I mean, yeah. Working with Aaron, it came up a lot. I mean, not super awesome often because he didn't, uh, he wasn't really paying attention to lyrics more often than not. And so I kind of had free reign. Um, but sometimes I would use a word that would trigger him. Um, like if I used the word God, he would immediately think, well, that's like obviously Christianity or something. We can't use that word. Like we don't, I don't want anybody to think that we're Christian. And I'm like, well, did you look at the context? (laughs) But, but it did make me like, um, there are a lot of songs that I had to tone down because the word love bothered him as well. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe this is like pretty, t- but it's like, these are really, they're very strong words and they're used a lot and they have big meaning. And I think that, you know, he didn't want to have a strong opinion one way or the other on subjects, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess had less of a boundary with that. 
but I did have to learn how to like make my point without using those words. Mm. Well, and, and a lot of this goes back to you. Like when, when you're crafting words and you're crafting stuff to write or to, 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 to rap or anything like what are you thinking? Do you, does that, does Aaron's process cross your mind at all in terms of like, I need to use different words or do you just go for it? Like what, what is your approach? Like how careful are you with your lyrics or do you, how do you navigate that stuff? Sorry. That's not a very well-formed question. I realize as I just puked it up. No, it's not. I'm over here just kind of like freaking out because I'm trying to get this background thing off of me so you can actually see me. I don't know why. I, I was, I'm super into it, by the way, Lala. I think. I- okay. It's, it's like stressing me out. So I'm sorry, but it's like really. <laughs> I don't want you to be stressed out at all. So you do whatever's best for you, but I'm, I'm happy as a clam over here. Um, so, I mean, for me, my writing process is like, as far as like lyrics are concerned, I am very precise with my lyrics. However, my process is more about um, the rhythm of the song first. Mm. So like if I hear a beat, like I'm always, it always starts with production. So whatever the production is given to me, right? I listen to the beat and I'm like, okay. And then like the beat kind of like tells me like how to approach the record rhythmically, like like cadence wise and delivery wise. So I'll maybe even like, I, I don't even have words initially when I'm making a record. Like initially it's just kind of like mumbling and like sounds, mm. like just to kind of like catch the pattern and make sure I'm in the pockets. So once I situate myself within the pocket of the beats, then I'm able to then craft the lyrics around those skeletons of like the kind of like vocal, like nuances that I've been like putting out. I see. Cause that, I mean, what little I know about, like I heard the story about Paul McCartney with the song yesterday that mm-hmm. the original lyrics were mushy peas, mushy peas. Ba, 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 da, 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 da. Yeah. And it was just like a substitute, but he wanted to make like, as you're saying this, like, is that a very common thing? And I'm, I'm maybe asking this to both of you. Like I assume that the lyrics, because the thing that as a listener, I take away the most is like, Oh my God, they're talking about a suicide. Mm-hmm. You know, but if like, but I don't know that the original song was about, you know, peach ring gummy bears, because that was the, that was the original <laughs> lyric that you used to just get the groove and the feel down. Like how much of that is a, how much, how often does that happen? I guess is a question to both of you, just to sort of demystify the, the song making process to listeners out here. Like what Lala was saying. I mean, it is, especially when it comes from an improvis- improvisational like perspective, it's all vowels consonants it doesn't make any sense it's just like i'm trying to find the the right way that the mouth sounds right and the sound sounds right coming out of through my voice <laughs> and then whatever words come out of that is like it's 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 a puzzle and i'm trying to put it together and sometimes it makes sense and sometimes it doesn't and when it doesn't i try to figure out why and what is it in the context but yeah i mean i think it, a lot of it has to do with like like Lala saying cadence and for me melody is huge and if my voice does a thing and I don't expect it to if it's a mistake sometimes I'll try to make that mistake again because that was the right thing to happen there mm. but do do you feel like like the the sort of tendency to or the hesitancy around lyrics or, or being tied to a specific lyric is something that 
is rooted in the idea that like as soon as the English, or at least for for the three of us, the English language all of a sudden immediately carries context and weight, and I get to graft onto it whatever. Like you could play a five seven chord on in F, and I have like I'm not going to graft my emotional life's weight onto that five seven chord, but if you tell me like. You know, like, you know, Nirvana, like, I, I eat my cancer when it's black. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what, what am I thinking about all of a sudden, you know? And is there, because of that weight that comes because people graft their own stuff on it, is that a conscious decision on your all's behalf? Is that something that's just part of the nature of what you do as songwriters? Or do you not care about that? Um, I think for me... Sometimes that is the way I do approach a record. Like, so sometimes a bar, like, or like a line will come to me, like, and then I'll kind of like build around that line. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if it's not with the beat, like sometimes I'm just waiting to be thinking about something like, oh, that's really clever. Like, I need to say that in a song. You know what I'm saying? And so that particular line may haunt me for a while before I'm able to like, you know, craft other things around it to make it make sense as a whole record. Um, I see. But I think that, yeah, that happens sometimes. Like, but, um, but for the most part, it's more so more typically I, I need the beat first. Like I, that's, that's the way I prefer to write. I prefer to hear a beat, to catch the rhythm, um, to get the pattern down, like how I'm going to say it. And then like kind of like etching the skeletons for me, that is like the easiest way to, to, to craft a record. Um, but like I have a record that I wrote recently um, where like this, it's called Hotep Helter Skelter is coming out on um, another EP that I have coming out um, very soon after we are done with all this stuff. Um, but it's called Hotep Helter Skelter. And it's like that phrase just kept playing with me. Like, you know, it, it was haunting me for months before I actually made it a record. Um, and before I was able to actually craft like, the story that's going into the record and like, you know, what I want to say and how I want to say it. But um, after I got those words, after I got those, that, 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 the name down, the title, then I was able to kind of play with like how I want to maybe say that in the song. You know what I mean? Mm, Totally. Totally. Aaron, is there anything you want to respond to that? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I feel like we have a really, actually, Lala, I think we have a really similar way of working out of music. I mean, it's definitely like, it's not, always a conscious thought but of course i want to take it into consideration i don't want to say something stupid i don't want to sound like a dumb like a dumb person i just but i also want to hear what things are going to sound like so i'll just kind of it's kind of like throwing throwing stuff out there and seeing what sticks until it makes sense mm. and then and then if there's something that doesn't seem to work like if i'm talking about love in one sentence and then uh, I don't know, something else <laughs> and another, maybe one of those has to go. And maybe one of those things is like the more dominant feeling of the, of the song. Well, yeah. and I think for me, sometimes I like that though. Cause it's like a stream of consciousness that I do. Yeah. Oh, true. 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 <laughs> but it, cause it can still, it, it like, even though it, it, like that's so like, that's so common in like rap, like, right. Like where it, there's not necessarily like this, like continuity of like, like everyone's songs are not always going to be like, you know, like have that continuity where there's a story and it's very linear and this is what happens next. And this is what happens next. Sometimes it's like, no, like I'm I'm mentioning a line about this, but then I'll go right back to reference something else, but it still relates to that, even though it seems completely different. Yeah. I also, in a little, a little bit, it's kind of uh, contrived to talk about writing this way because Mm. every song is different and Mm. every approach, like it's, it's just not the same thing. It may 
feel like it's kind of a similar pattern, but in the for the most part, it's like I can't say that all of the songs came out the same way, and I can't say that I would mm. even talk about each song this way. Yeah. Well, I, I the the sort of focus around to me the focus around uh, text based stuff is personally for me has always been really interesting. Just uh, you know working with Matmos and see, like Matmos was the first group that I ever worked with where I was like, wait a minute, you can say words on stage. That's crazy. You know, you can vocode words on stage. That's bonkers, you know. And um, so but then what that what those words mean then uh, in the context of in which they're being put, I think is terribly important. And Lala, there was a there was a um, your track on God that uses the Muhammad Ali quote. Yes. Like I was I listened to that a thousand times. I was absolutely I love. (laughs) I love good orators, no matter who they are, whether it's a boxer giving a pre-fight interview, whether it's Barack Obama, whether it's, you know, whoever it is, somebody who can use cadence and leer and text as a way to sort of build an intensity and then resolve that intensity into a one chord off of that big diminished seven chord. Like Muhammad Ali could do that. So could Barack Obama. And sadly, so could Adolf Hitler. Like there was a whole, like that skill set is in a lot of people. Um, I'm curious for you, the use of sampling is something that I know, and and Aaron, you should step in here and slap me across the face if I'm saying something that's wrong. But I I think when I think of groups that use sampling heavily, I would say that Buchan Gase is not one of those groups. Um, And I'm curious for you, Lala, like coming into this collaboration with, with Aaron and Aaron, what was there any... Was there any sort of brick walls you hit where you're like, okay, or, or actually, let me ask you this. Was there any notions you preconceived notions you had coming into the collaboration where you're like, well, I shouldn't do this. Like assuming that there might be walls put up by the other two collaborators who maybe you don't know as well. Like, were there any preconceived notions you had that were dashed as soon as you met them? And I'm going to ask the same question of Aaron. Um, I don't really think so. No. Um, I don't know. I say no. That is the best answer to that question I've ever heard. You might be the most genuine collaborator ever to be alive. (laughs) You're just like, let's just work. It's great. (laughs) No, like, I mean, I mean, obviously that I'm really into their sound and stuff. I just, Mm -hmm. I was more interested in the soundscape and how like my voice would gel with Aaron's voice. Right. Uh, How we would be like, so I was more so concerned with the sonics of it all. Mm -hmm. Not so much the textual part of it but more so like the soundscape, like how were we going to like gel as a whole, like as a cohort, like how is this going to work? Well, what was, I mean, when you first hear, and Aaron, please earmuffs here. um, When you first heard Aaron's voice, what were some of your first maybe uh, fears or sort of excitements that you heard of like, man, this, this lady is rad. And I don't know how to work with that voice because it's like a jet engine that does a thing that only it does. Like that's my reaction to Aaron's voice every time I hear her. I think that, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I mean, obviously, I feel like I, I, I immediately wanted to work with her because, and also with um, Aaron because of their sounds. Like, mm-hmm. the vocal itself, like, her voice to me is just so, so other. I say otherworldly. Like, I love the way, like, she sounds like kind of like a fairy almost to me. You know what I mean? And, I love that word. Thank you very much. That's perfect. You know, so I, um, <laughs> like, I, I, I knew. I knew I wanted to work with her. I didn't know how we were going to do this. I didn't know what what capacity, but I knew that the marriage of her sound, like her voice, 
and also the soundscape that's created by the Buke of the Gaze, and then also the production that's off, that's given by Aaron. Like it's, it, I was like, this is going to be good. Like, cause I can hear like, like I don't know if they're like if they purposely have these like hip hop elements within their music, but I hear I hear things that to me signal hip hop to me. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, and I think it's kind of like a lot of the industrial sounds too. Sometimes that kind of like bring it there, right? Um, so it's like I can hear my. I, I've always heard myself on their records, like whether it was Derby, you know what I'm saying, or mm. the new stuff that we that we just completed. So I knew that I could get on those pieces. I'm also the kind of artist, like I'm, I'm unafraid of, because of my eclectic background, I'm, I'm unafraid of entering different, like, you know, musical terrains and like offering my voice to them. So um, I was never like, I didn't feel like a fear of like entering this with them because like, you know, I'm very much like, I'm already familiar with that world. So although I may have never done it like, um, like on wax, like we haven't actually, mm-hmm. I haven't had that moment. Um, but I've always been prepared for that kind of moment, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Aaron, what about you? Um. Okay, well, the preconceived notions no, again, yeah, I, I didn't know what to expect and I didn't put any expectations on it. I think it was really fun to just like think about our music in this new context and think like, oh, yeah, like what what could we do? That would be fun. We definitely need to try. <laughs> and I think we sent, I don't know, I think we sent maybe just three or three pieces to you and you picked two and you're like, yeah, <laughs> we can do something to this. So we were really excited about that, and I, and I'm so stoked with what came out of it. Um, um, where, what else am I supposed to talk? Well, I have a question for you, Aaron. I will say, <laughs> listening to the collab, if I, if this was the first recording of Buchan Gase that I had ever come across, where, uh, first recording of music with Buchan Gase on it that I'd ever, this is the first time I hear of you, I would feel like. I don't know how I would feel. I would say that it falls more like I can hear the, the hip hop influence in it more in the sort of long, there's, there's like longer durations of rhythm and harmony. Like Mm -hmm. it's just like, there's a longer sense between each beat. And Mm -hmm. I feel like hip hop does this really well. Kendrick Lamar's album, damn. Like I remember listening to that and being like, what in the Holy hell am I listening to? You know, like this is, brilliant on every level and I can't perceive it. I don't know what's happening. You know, I felt like a kaleidoscope, but I would say the same for Kanye West. I would say the same for, you know, Sugar Hill gang. Like there's a connection from like the beats are longer. And mm-hmm. I feel like with maybe, maybe Lala's influence here, I feel like the two of you as a rhythm section really inhabited that like, like there's a longer groove I don't know. That's not maybe a good way to explain it, but it feels less moment to moment and more of a like phrase to phrase feeling that the two of you have. And I'm wondering how much of that came from Lala or, 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 or came from just the outgrowth of your collaboration, because I don't, I don't get phrase to phrase when I, when so worked with you, it was very much a like, boom, boom, boom. Here's the three beats. Now here's the next four beats. Bop, 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 you know, we're, you know, and it was like, I'm curious for you, Aaron, as a collaborator, like what was there any moment of recognition of that? Or am I completely misdiagnosing what I'm hearing? I don't know. I think I think that what you're hearing is like we're yeah, we're looking more at, at like a bigger picture mm-hmm. phrase wise, um, rhythm wise. It's a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. 
surprised they think, I mean, so percussion, Lala, I don't know if you've heard it, but it's like very percussion forward. Um, like, and not just one percussionist, but like four percussionists. <laughs> Three too many percussionists, Lala. <laughs> And like, so it's very much about the rhythm and it's very much about, um, um, interesting rhythm, I think. And then I think what we were doing with Lala and what we presented and how we worked together was more, it's, we're looking for a vibe really. And it's a bigger, it's a bigger picture in each song. Hmm. I think that there's a small picture in a so percussion well, I want to say too, just in terms of the rhythmic orchestra, it, it's like the orchestration in general to me seems a little thinner. Like there's more space for vocals and other things that I feel like maybe be, no, 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 in the new collaboration than there was for so And I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just a, I'm just saying a, a value judgment or a, a, an objectifiable statement. I feel like there's the weeds are cleared out in this collaboration in a way that I think maybe so percussion just didn't allow. And I'm curious if that was a conversation that you all had at any moment. It's like, we need more space for the vocals here. Like, I think we need this, this, and this, like, was that a conscious thing? I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, certainly we'd be like, well, let's stretch this out so that Lala can work on it and like use it and have fun with it and let it go forever. <laughs> I mean, we can stretch stuff out cause yay looping. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then as long as she as long as she's got something to say, like we'll have it go that long. Yeah. I think, go ahead, sorry. No, no, because I was gonna say because because they sent me the beats. Like they already had like the records, like they're mm. like they had the records like done. Well, they had well not done. Not done. There were ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they yeah, like exactly. Okay. They <laughs> felt but they felt to me, I was like, when they sent me these sounds, I was like, oh. I was like, this is, this seems like something I can do. Like, you know, but it wasn't like, I don't, cause I don't think, I think you had them before we even discussed the collaboration. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that they were necessarily thinking of a rapper or even me when they mm -hmm. were making those soundscapes. Um, they were just like, can you do something with these? Like, do you think that you can do anything with these particular records? Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of like, you know, that's when we came and we had the writing session where we got together and we just like, like vibed it out like together yeah. and saw what we both came up with like lyrically because the soundscape was there but the lyrics weren't there i see well but then, go ahead Aaron, sorry so like so after that i mean lala you put it down i think for a taste up and then and then aaron did a total remix of that yes. so badass and like and that's like where the the collaboration went to the next step where yes. we're we're yeah where it was basically we're putting something on top of lala Right. Uh, I see. So she was inspired by something that we made and then we made something inspired by her. Was there any moment in the collaboration between the two or between the two ensembles, you know, Lala and, and Buke and Gase that where there was a, and, and again, this is a bit, my podcast is called concert honesty. Lala, uh, Aaron has been on it many times. So I really thrive on just brutal honesty here. Were there any moments between the two, two groups where you were like, I don't think this is going to, not the whole collaboration, but like a song was like, oh my God, this stinks. And we have to throw a grenade in the room to blow it up. Or was there any moment of like, just for folks who are watching, maybe a young student who maybe is a big fan of yours, Lala, or, or yours, Aaron, like who just thinks that what you do is just like, Lala sits in a cave on a mountain and puts her finger down and 
down comes a new album. Like the three of us know that is absolutely bullshit. That's not at all how albums work from Kanye West to Kendrick Lamar. Like Kanye is a huge nerd. I'm sorry. You don't make those albums without being a huge nerd, you know, like, like for the two of you, is there any sort of any moment where you can demystify the process for, for younger folks looking to do what it is the two of you are doing and, and sort of be like, man, this is a really hard moment and here's how we got through it. Can I, can I talk about the, the, the verse that I did? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Based on her laugh. Yes, please. (laughs) I just, all all I'll say is that I got so inspired by Lala's work that I was like, Oh my God, I I got something. I got to do this. And like Aaron recorded me and, and we like presented it to her. I'm like, is this like a thing that you would be cool with having? And like, it was not, it's not the right place. Like we wanted to feature Lala and we wanted to have her be like the voice rapping on this. So that basically I'm like shutting it down at the same time as bringing Wait, it Wait, so up. you recorded a, a verse of you rapping, Aaron? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and I, I could tell, uh, listen, I know my face already reads like I'm about to make fun of you, Aaron, but like, no, 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 no. Like, uh, Lala, can you tell me what your genuine and pretend Aaron's not here? Like, what was your genuine reaction when you received that email and that? I was, I, I mean, I, I thought it was really cool. You know, I definitely was like, okay, but I was like, I don't think this is the moment for that. Um, but initially, got, I, I was excited to hear her. Like, I was excited that she was excited to rap. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was excited that I inspired that in her. I was like, oh, that's dope. You know, like she wants to rap, but I was just like. Just let's, let's do your thing, girl. You do the voice thing, and you know, you do your thing, <laughs> thing and then you yeah. know, you leave, leave the bars up to bars B, you know, and let me do my thing. So, but <laughs> well, yeah, I, pr- I don't think I would do it in any other context. Like, there's yeah. no other, there's no other time that I'm gonna be doing that. But I, I mean, I really did. I, I loved the like excitement behind it. Like, I really, really did. I was, I really thought it was cool. I was like, this is dope. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> I was like, but I was like, I, I, I love. You know, like we're artists. Like sometimes we do shit that just it's just because we feel it. You know, and it doesn't always make sense, but um, it definitely feels good in the moment. And it was, I was like, yeah, like she wasn't bad. You know, like I've heard rappers who are worse than her. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> <laughs> well, this no, is like, I mean, real, like she was she was pretty good, you know, like for someone who's not a rapper at all, and for her to have attacked the record in that way, I think she did mm-hmm. a really, I think she did a solid job. I just didn't think that it was the moment um, right. for that. Well, yeah. I think I think to the reason I asked that question and why I'm grateful for your response, Lala, is that like I think it's a trust building exercise, Aaron put that together in a, in a pile of insecurity. I'm confident of it and probably hesitated for like 48 hours to press send on the email to you because like this might blow up the collaboration if Lala thinks I'm trying to be a rapper. But I think you also rightfully perceived it as like, I'm really curious about what you do and I'm just excited to be in the room and like, can I learn more about, and I, I just, am a, I, I really am grateful for you spelling that out and sort of laying out how that went because I think it's a model for, a lot of folks to work together both in solidarity, but also out of ignorance. Like we're in, like I'm in solidarity with you, Lala. I don't know you. I'm ignorant of a lot of the way you make music, but I'm in solidarity with you. And I think that that as the sort of foundation of trust, I think I'm, I, I hear that in the record, the two of you had have made. And I think that 
I wish there was a better way that you could put that on the album. Like this is the track where you all learn about how to collaborate. Like, like you know, um, but I, I think it's really healthy and I'm really grateful for it. I'm, you know, just in the interest of time, I think for the two of you, I want to get you out of here and, and not steal any more of your time that you've been so grateful uh, with. Um, I'm going to talk to Aaron Sanchez at some point um, this week as well. And I want to be respectful of the fact that that's going to be two dudes on the podcast. What are, <laughs> what is Aaron going to tell me that you two aren't going to tell me about this collaboration? Or what do you think Aaron's going to tell me about this collaboration that, that you two aren't telling me? I mean, I think he'll talk a lot of, or a lot more about the production end of it. So so and, and again I'm asking out of ignorance. So he did all the production on the on the on this album, is that right? Not all of it, but most of it. <laughs> Pardon me, excuse me. Not all of it. But yeah, I mean like the, the song one twelve mm-hmm. is his entirely. Um I have this all pulled up here somewhere. Where is it? Slops, taste up one twelve, past and past empathic pawns and taste up redux. I mean, he yeah, he did one twelve was his song, and then mm-hmm. uh, the redux, the the re the remix of taste up is it's him. Okay, well, I mean, I I I kind of I always recoil at when people are average. Like, here's a new album you should check out because it blends indie rock and hip hop. Like. <laughs> That always is just like like a like a sad trombone. Like I, this is a different thing. This is a new version of all of the things, and I highly recommend that folks check this album out. Um, but also, I before we wrap up here, Lala, can you let folks know where if they want to learn more about your specific music in the album uh, that has like Mariella and On God on it? Like, where can they find out about your specific work if they want to have a little teaser before they get into the the collaboration? Um. I mean, I'm everywhere. <laughs> you can like find the stuff, you know, get into the things. Like I think that I think that these these particular songs actually, especially taste up, um, really indicative of what's to come um for me. Mm. So I think um especially for like like for people who haven't heard me at all before, like this would be great for them. Um, because they're like just gonna be ready for what's to come next. I think for my like my more seasoned listeners, I think for them it's gonna be like, oh, she's moving into a different like era of her artistry where like, you know, like cause before it was like, I mean, my music is very like hardcore. You know what I'm saying? And it's mm-hmm. always been very hardcore. But um I'm kind of venturing into, you know, just work I'm I'm more interested in like producing more musical records. And I think that this, where I am right now with the records that I've currently like laid down and all the records that have come out, including the ones you've heard, mm-hmm. um, I think that they take musicality um, into consideration far more than anything I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, like as a whole, like in terms of like the instrumentation behind it and like the the sampling and all those things, like none of that is in any of my older music. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an entirely new sound um, and a new introduction to me. So I do love the fact that we are like, you know, kind of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like we're starting this off, like with these particular records because it will show like, okay, I see what she's doing here. Like she's she's maneuvering through different soundscapes and stuff. So. And your stage name, if folks want to like look you up on YouTube. Or Ra-Ra Gabor. Ra-Ra Gabor. Yes, like Jaja, but Ra Ra, R A H, R A H. And that's Great. one word. Ra Ra is not two words. It's Ra Ra together. 
Rah, rah, and then second word is Gabor, G-A-B-O-R. Correct. Excellent. And Aaron, what about you? What, what's the name of the, the collab album, and where can folks pick it up if they want to check it out? Dad, what does it call it? Isn't it called Taste Up? <laughs> or no, no, no. It's just called Rah, Rah, Gabor. Rah, Gabor, Ands in it, and like, and... I'm glad to know that So Percussion and, and Buke and Gaze, like, we couldn't come up with a name either, so we were just like, So Percussion, Buke and Gaze. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, because sometimes we just try, you don't need to try too hard for titles sometimes, they just are what they are. Like, yeah. That's right, that's right. Oh, it's like, it's a it's a really genre, it's a genre, it's a genre curious album, it's like not, it's not one thing, and... Yeah, it'd be really hard to put just one title on it. It's like it's a really interesting collaboration and, and collection of work from three very interesting different people. You know, like Ew. I'd agree a hundred percent. And I would say the track to check out if I was gonna rec- recommend one would be Taste Up. If I had that's my personal fave, but that just happens to be the single. Is it really? Yeah. I never <laughs> pick the single. I'm always like, that's the song nobody wants to hear. <laughs> That's that was the vibe. first single, and then, then we're on uh, pass. Oh, well, I, I spelled it wrong. <laughs> pass and passe, but it's pass and pass. <laughs> well, I highly recommend that everybody check out the Taste Up off the new the new collab with Rara Gabor and Buking Gaze. But also, if you want to learn more about Bu- uh, Rara Gabor, check out um, what's the name of your album with On God is what call, is called what? It's Mariella, self-titled. Mariella? Mariela, sorry, Mariela. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a remarkable album. I highly recommend you all check it out. And and Rara and Lala, excuse me. Um, I hope that we get to just hang in person at some point. You seem like if you're friends with Aaron and Aaron, then you're friends with me, whether you like it or not. Um, I feel like we. I, I would love to toast and have a drink. And Aaron, Aaron uh, Dyer, thank you so much for your time here. Um, you is us. there anything else? Anything else I should we should sign off with here before we wrap up? Um, we have a show. At Public Works, February 11th. February 12th, you know. February 12th. I'm sorry, the EP drops on the 11th. It might not be happening. Oh, but shit. it might be happening. It might be happening. It might be, so it's still worth the mention. Okay. All right, so February 12th at Public Works, is that what you said? Public Records. Public Records, Public records excuse me. Okay, all right. Well, I, I've really enjoyed this, and I will enjoy it far more if we can figure out a way to be in person and, and have a drink and hug and do all the things that human beings do. Um, I'd love that very much. So, but in the meantime, congratulations on the new album. Thank it's you. awesome. Thank I'm you. really proud of, proud of you both. I mean, I just met you Lala, but I'm proud of you, Aaron. You're like, you're my, my buddy and I'm, I'm a big fan. So congratulations. Uh, in the meantime, stay healthy and stay happy. And I hope to cross paths with you again soon. Okay. You too. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. This podcast is brought to you by Liquid Drum, liquiddrum.com down in Waco, Texas. Uh, My good friend Todd Meehan runs an amazing percussion company down there. Great merch, great content. Check him out, liquiddrum.com. Also, Kyle Dunleavy, dunleavypans.com, D-U-N-L-E-A-V-Y pans.com. Kyle Dunleavy makes and builds all the steel drums that I perform and teach on uh, in So Percussion as well as at NYU and Princeton. Uh, He's an amazing, amazing tuner builder, Um, just a really nice guy, very dependable. Check him out. If you are interested at all in steel pan advocacy, want to learn more about the goings-on in pan in Brooklyn, check out paninmotion.com. My good friend Kendall Williams, uh, Jerry Guy, Trisha Guy, and uh, Arisha John run an amazing organization called paninmotion.com. Check him out. 
And finally, Alejandre Mirage runs an amazing uh, clothing apparel company in Brooklyn that is steel pan centric. You can check him out at Mango Chow, C-H-O-W, clothing.com. I own a bunch of his shirts. They're amazing, very stylish, uh, beautiful, beautifully made. Check them out. MangoChowClothing.com. Okay, hope you're well. Talk to you soon. Bye.